Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Amazon has been pursuing a long-range plan to enhance the accessibility of many of their products with features like voice view, braille support, and speech recognition. We'll speak with Peter Korn, Director of Accessibility at Amazon, about the accessibility of Amazon's devices and online content they provide for the vision impaired. But first, for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Peter Korn. I've been in the field for a little while, and I have been part of a lot of efforts to make assistive technologies and specialized products for folks with disabilities. But I really prefer to focus on making products with people with disabilities, with blind programmers and QA engineers for everyone. I think that it gets us much better products at the end of the day uh, rather than the segregated specialized products on the one hand and mainstream on the other. And I think that's really important to get feedback from your target customers. But really, I want to go a step further than that. It's not simply about getting feedback from customers with disabilities. I'd like to build the products with colleagues with disabilities, right? It goes back to the phrase, nothing about us without us. Why not have your next tablet, your next TV developed by a team that includes a blind programmer, includes somebody who's deaf in creating it and so on? I think that makes better products. I assume your accessibility team at Amazon includes some of each of those. It does indeed, and it's one of the reasons I find working at Amazon so incredibly satisfying. And I think that theme applies not only for developing products for the visually impaired and for other disabilities, but almost any products. If the developers are the users and they actually have to use the products they develop and the software programs they develop, they're liable to be a lot more effectively used by many other people. And we've heard stories like that about many, many products over the years on Eyes on Success. It's been true every single time. Let's start by meeting Peter Korn and learning how he got into the field of accessibility so many years ago. Peter, you've been on our show several times before in episode 1621 talking about the development of accessible technologies in the past and some of the work you've done. And also on episode 1622, where we talked about the accessibility of Amazon products. But for people who may not know who you are, perhaps you can introduce yourself and tell our listeners what you're doing these days. Sure. Well, I'm a director of accessibility at Amazon. I serve the device and content organizations, although I help out across the company. This is my 26th year in the field, and I lead a lot of our work in making things like our tablets, TV, e-readers accessible to customers with disabilities. 
But you personally don't have any disabilities, is that right? Um, nothing of any significance. Nothing I would really call a disability. Like anyone who is over 40, my vision is slowly starting to decline. My hearing is slowly, slowly starting to attenuate. No, that's not a disability, really. And you can't run a five-minute mile anymore. You know, I never was able to run a five-minute <laughs> mile. How did you get into the field of accessibility? So I grew up in Berkeley, California, and the environment around me was filled with folks of all shapes, sizes, colors, folks in wheelchairs, folks with guide dogs, folks uh, using canes. Accessibility and fellow uh, neighbors with disabilities were all around me growing up. There wasn't anything special or, or different about it. And then my older half-brother married a woman who was blind. They were both computer programmers, and uh, they were very much role models for me growing up. It's a lot of why I got into computing. And so uh, about 26 years ago, when I had the opportunity to join Berkeley Systems and work on the first graphical screen reader, Outspoken, for Macintosh and Windows, it was uh, a very natural thing to want to do. And I've been in the field ever since. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 This week's focus topic is some of the ways that Amazon is building accessibility into their products. Peter, we had you on about two years ago talking about the accessibility that was being built into Amazon's products, and I'm sure you've made a lot more progress since then. Maybe you can bring us up to speed as to what's been happening with Amazon's accessibility initiatives. What we've done, the screen reader we developed is called VoiceView, and when I was last here, we talked about VoiceView on Fire tablets and VoiceView on the Kindle e-reader. Yes. Uh, since that time, we've brought VoiceView to our Fire TV. This is a television set-top box. It comes in two sizes, a stick size that's kind of like a big, fat stick of gum. And that's a HD uh, image. It connects over Wi-Fi to the Internet, and it provides access to tens of thousands of channels and apps over 500,000 movies and TV episodes from Netflix, Prime Video, Hulu, on and on and on. Uh, and then we have a larger version of that, uh, which we just call the Fire TV, and that supports 4K ultra high definition. And it also, both of these have Alexa built into them. And uh, with a VoiceView screen reader, Every aspect of the Fire TV interface is accessible. What are some of the new capabilities you've added? We've made a, a number of extensions to the accessibility framework in Fire OS to support a richer interface. I think VoiceView on Fire TV might be the only accessible television that supports a review mode in the screen reader, and you can use this review mode to navigate the entire screen by word or even by letter so you can do things like spell actors' names. 
this review mode sounds pretty unique to televisions. We're used to having such a review mode on our PCs with our screen readers as visually impaired people, but review mode on a TV is pretty special. So you can just scroll around the screen and not activate any of the functions, but being able to spell the names of characters and actors and actresses is really kind of neat. Thanks. It sounds like you can control your entire big screen watching experience by voice input and voice output? You can indeed. And you can do that not just through the set-top box. We're actually working with a couple folks. We're working with Element Electronics and with Westinghouse to build Fire TV into their physical 4K televisions. So you can get uh, a 43-inch physical television from Element Electronics, and it has Alexa built in, it has Voice View built in, and it will tune to over-the-air broadcast. And the entire electronic program guide is also fully accessible with Voice View. And you can even use the Alexa voice remote to say things like tune to ABC or switch input to PlayStation. Where is the microphone in these devices? On the remote. So if you pick up the remote, there's a little hole at the very top of the remote, which is the microphone input. Right below that is the mic button. You press the button to turn the remote on. And then below that, you have this circular selector with an up, down, left, right select in the center. And then finally, two more rows of three buttons each. You have back, home, menu, and then below that, rewind, play, pause, and fast forward. And with voice view running, by default, the normal navigation, uh, as you interact with the TV, it just talks as you move up and down, left and right. But if you do a long press of the menu button, you'll go into review mode. And once in review mode, you can navigate the entire screen. We take over the entire remote button. All the buttons on the remote become voice view buttons. And we use that expanded set of buttons to interact directly with voice view, to navigate by letter, by word, by item, to ask for help about where you are, to get more info about uh, what's on the screen. Part of our extensions to the accessibility API allows us to add hint text and long descriptions about what's going on, orientation text to tell you, you know, the first time you land on this screen, this is the screen you've landed on. This is how you interact with the screen. And you can get that help text at any time. We even have a learn mode that you can put voice view into and will tell you what the buttons are as you press them. We got a letter from one of our listeners who had heard that these Amazon products like Fire TV were accessible using voice commands. And she indicated that, you know, it wasn't working for her. So we actually talked to Peter about that before airing this show. And here is his response. You need to activate that voice view functionality. So make sure that's enabled if you want your Fire TV and other devices to be fully accessible. 
And at the end of this show, we'll have links to websites where you can find out how to do that and more about the accessibility of Amazon products. What other enhancements have you made? One of the other things that we've done is we have added a screen to Echo and Alexa. So many, many blind folks are familiar with uh, our original Echo devices and Echo Dot, um, uh, Amazon Tap. Uh, we've added two more devices to that family, the Echo Show, which has a seven-inch screen, and Echo Spot, which has this cute little round screen, and it looks very much like a small bedside alarm clock. And both of these devices run Fire OS, and both of them have voice view. So you can interact with Alexa by voice as you always do. Or if you might want to do something on the screen, you can simply bring up voice view and interact with the screen using the same touch gestures as you would on our Fire tablets. What actually prompted us to call you for this interview is that the mainstream press has been hyping the concept that Alexa is a life-changing device for people with visual impairments. Can you comment a little bit on what the, all of those articles were trying to get at? I think really, for me, what's so magical about Alexa for folks with vision impairments in particular is voice is the natural way of interacting with it. But really, the, the next step is magic. <laughs> and a voice interface like Alexa is exactly that for many people. On top of that, of course, this is a fantastic option for folks with motor impairments. If you can't type, if you don't have limbs, how do you tune into a radio station? You can't physically turn a dial or, or press a button. You can ask Alexa to play the music that you'd like to listen to. Uh, and increasingly with home automation, you can have uh, Alexa do your lights, your heating, your cooking. There are now uh, stoves that are controllable by Alexa. And that also, now coming back to blind folks, opens up some really lovely opportunities when we look at how much Things like microwave ovens and modern electric stoves have touch screens and LCD displays and not very accessible. Yes, our microwaves and appliances are covered with dots so I can figure out where to press and when. And so as we see more and more uh, of these kitchen appliances, starting with companies like GE has a whole series of Alexa-enabled appliances, uh, we're getting to the place where you don't necessarily need those dots because you have your voice. One other thing you can do with Alexa if you're at a friend's house is you can ask it to wake you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> they don't like that. That's my April Fool's joke when I walk <laughs> into someone's house with a bunch of Alexas around the house. <laughs> well, one of the things we've recently added is speaker ID so that you can teach Alexa who you are. And maybe that's a good tip for folks uh, if they don't want to have a visiting Peter Torpe 
set an alarm for them. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a feature that's coming or is already installed into Alexa? It's been added recently to Alexa, the ability to uh, have it recognize who you are. Okay. Well, don't tell any of my friends. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mum's the word. Speaking of Alexa and other products that are now listening to us all around the house at our refrigerators, in front of our TVs, in our bedrooms, I wonder if you could make a comment about privacy concerns. With all of the Amazon Alexa devices, the processor on the device is uh, looking for and listening for the wake word. And that wake word is Alexa, or you can choose computer or Amazon or Echo. And until that happens, no audio leaves the device. No audio gets sent over the internet. There is no listening in uh, going on. Once you wake the device up, then it starts streaming what it's hearing to uh, the recognition system in the cloud in order to do whatever you ask. And in all cases on our devices, there's a physical button that you can press to electrically disconnect the microphone. Well, that should alleviate a lot of concerns people have. I also didn't realize that you could pick a special word or phrase to turn on Alexa. I always thought you had to say Alexa, but apparently you can train it to be responsive to another keyword. It's not that you're training it. Um, We have just a few words available that you can pick from. These devices don't have a lot of processing power in them. That's part of how we're able to sell them for $49 for the uh, Echo Dot. So I want to cycle back a little bit to where we started out a couple of years ago talking about the Kindle devices and Fire tablet devices that you talked about. And you were uh, adding speech capabilities at the time and I think maybe even some Braille support. Can you talk a little bit about where those have gone since we've last talked with you? Yeah, so when we were last on, we were just previewing Braille output. Uh, It was a sort of a public showing uh, ahead of release. Uh, That's now fully released output and input. We support the Baum protocols, so the Super Vario, Vario Connect, Vario Ultra, the Orbit Reader 20, the APH Refresher Braille, Uh, as well as uh, humanware protocols, so the humanware Brilliant. And now we support both output and input. Um, We support cording Braille input. You can use what was formerly known as grade one or grade two Braille, um, UEB, as well as computer Braille. Boy, you've come a long way with these products and and really uh, spread the technology across a wide range of devices that are useful to all types of people. I'm impressed. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) Thanks. Were there any other devices that you wanted to tell our listeners about? Sure. So uh, we released our 10th anniversary Kindle. Uh, We've gone to a, a slightly larger screen. And we've introduced two new accessibility features with this device. We have a large display setting where uh, you turn that on and 
many of the elements of uh, many of the key screens are now rendered uh, significantly larger. So this is great for folks whose vision is beginning to decline. And we have an invert black and white so that uh, for customers who prefer white text on a black background, it of course includes voice view um, as all Kindle e-readers uh, have included for the last several years. We are providing that audio over Bluetooth, kind of like the new Apple iPhones. Uh, have removed the headphone jack and are supporting now connections via Bluetooth. Hmm. I understand that Amazon is now creating content with accessibility in mind also. Mm-hmm. So first on the e-reader side, uh, we've been doing a lot to improve the access features of our e-books. We have millions of accessible ebooks now we've introduced a tag called screen reader supported so when you are on our website looking at a book you can see whether it's a screen reader supported book books that are in the legacy pdf or fixed format that we have for a pretty small percentage may not work with your screen reader um, so you can know in advance whether this is uh, guaranteed to work. We now support alt text for our eBooks, so publishers can annotate images with alternate text. And we've just now started supporting math. So if you are wanting to read a topic that has equations in it, uh, your publisher can either associate alt text with that math or go all the way to a, a language called MathML, Mathematics Markup Language. And the NVDA screen reader will pick up MathML and allow you to navigate within the equation. So you can carefully explore the numerator as distinct from the denominator. And that's another thing that we've done. Kindle Reader for PC works with both NVDA and JAWS. Wow. That's a great way of navigating complex mathematical expressions that screen readers have just started adopting the past several years. It's great to hear that some of those Amazon products are also. Thanks. And then continuing the, the content news, last year we introduced audio descriptions for Amazon Video. We now have over 360 described titles. A um, little over 330 of those are movies. So we have more than 400 episodes of TV shows, and Amazon makes its own movies. We have a, a, an arm called Amazon Studios, and all new Amazon Studios titles are launching with audio description while we continue to backfill some of the shows that were already out when we began audio descriptions last year. Well, that should keep people busy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, sounds like you guys have been doing all sorts of great work. Thanks. The final item related to content uh, is both content and an application. It's, it's something called Amazon Rapids. Amazon Rapids is an app for iPhones, iPads, Fire OS, and Android. And it's, it's for kids. It's a kids reading application for rapid little reading snippets. And they're all in the form of an instant message conversation between two parties. 
and uh, it's an extremely accessible application. It supports alt text. Many of the books have something called read-along feature where a human narrator uh, reads the snippets. Uh, so you get different voices for the different characters. And we're also having an increasing number of stories with blind protagonists in them. Uh, a favorite of mine is the Captain Kate series, a blind spacefaring girl and her exploits with the computer in her spaceship. Wow, neat. Thanks. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about Amazon's initiatives and products with regards to accessibility. So if people would like to find out more about some of these devices that Amazon puts out, where would you send them? We have a website with all of the accessibility information, all of our products collected in one place. Just go to www.amazon.com slash accessibility. And that will talk about all of the features by disability. So if you're blind, here are the products and product features. If you're low vision, if you have a hearing impairment, as well as links directly to the fire accessibility page, which talks specifically about what's available in Fire OS devices, or the Kindle accessibility link, which will tell you about Kindle e-readers. And we have a toll-free customer support phone number with folks trained in assistive technologies, trained in screen readers and how they work and how customers use them to interact with a web page. And that phone number is 866-216-1072. Is there a way that customers who prefer using email could contact Amazon? Absolutely. If you want to talk to us generally about accessibility of Amazon, the website, uh, products in general, accessibility-feedback at amazon.com is the general accessibility feedback mailing list. We also have one specifically for our devices. So if you've got questions or feedback about our Fire tablets, our Kindle e-readers, uh, Alexa or Echo, send mail to device-accessibility at amazon.com. And of course, you can also find them on Facebook and Twitter as at Amazon. So if you want to learn more about some of those devices and how to use some of the fantastic accessibility features in these devices, all that contact information and the URLs will be contained in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 1810. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about experiencing art 
non-visually. There are many ways to experience art, and we will speak with tactile artist Anne Cunningham about her work and how it can be enjoyed even without vision. We will also speak with Erin Cousins and Danielle Schultz of the Denver Art Museum about programs at the museum that provide a customized experience for people with differing needs. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.